0: You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. All right, back for another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com, thelaughbutton.com, marksayshi.com. Uh, do you have a website?
1: MattKleinsman.com, baby. You do. You have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I had it. Let the let the hosting lapse on it. I still own the URL. Okay. But I've like let the the hosting lapse on it a few times, so, so I can go out and get this back. No, 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 no. You charge can. you thousands no, of dollars. No, the to... hosting, not the URL. Okay. I own the URL, had it for years, but like so every once in a while, I let the hosting laps because I haven't updated it in a while. So there'll be some weird thing where I'll like, uh, it'll just say like this site is under construction.
0: Do you have the .NET? I don't have the gov.edu .gov, No, Do you I have didn't all buy all other... that bullshit. That's... You didn't? No, who, who goes to those websites?
1: People who don't have the .com. Dude, Nerfherder.net. Because they don't have Nerfherder.com. I don't even know who did. Probably some
0: Star Wars fanatic who's looking to cash in. Yeah, probably. 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 Exactly yeah, well, I uh, mattkleinschmidt.com, I guess, go there.
1: And you'll see that the site is under construction.
0: <laughs> Since 1882. <laughs> when, how long has this thing been under construction?
1: No, no. Like I said, it wasn't under construction, then it was. I, I had a site up there running.
0: This gives me the idea that maybe we should go into the under construction page web design business. You know what the site had? It had a lot
1: of my writing. Like,
0: Did you hear what I just said? A, this is a million dollar idea. No, it's not. We That's can why just I design... Re- use- under construction pages and sell them to people like themes, different under construction themes. But but if you're getting
1: that elaborate and you're uploading something, you might as well just upload like the actual website. That's the thing.
0: Fine. Ruin I'm just, everything. I'm just telling you, you uh, make you have terrible <laughs> ideas. Uh,
1: no, but like, the best thing about sites under construction is the animated GIF of like a dude shoveling. Like sure. A construction worker shoveling. Sure. Guys. So you're like, yeah, it's the best.
0: I don't know if I have one, a 404. I don't know why 404 is for MarkSaysHigh.com. I do I. I don't I, know. My site's never not been working. So. I know what the
1: 404 <laughs> is on the laughbutton.com. It's and, my favorite thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, I know. So if you find a 404 on the laughbutton.com, you'll be pleasantly surprised. You
0: will be. So yeah. we're not going to tell you what it is. No,
1: no, no. Not at all. Leave that for the, leave that mystery. Uh, oh, a coworker today found it. And she was like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen Where in my life. Where was she looking? What did she put I gave in? her the wrong URL by accident. Oh. And she found it. She's like, that's the greatest 404 I've ever seen in my life. Nice. That's what we call in the business a teaser,
0: a teaser, a <laughs> teaser. Here's another teaser coming up? up a little bit later on this episode of the Laugh Button Podcast. Our hang with Dave Mandel, or I should say David Mandel. Mm-hmm. You may know him as the showrunner for Veep. He took over for Ianucci.
1: Armando Iannucci, if I'm, yes. mis- if I'm not mistaken.
0: Armando Iannucci. Yes. And um, he did a great job this last season of last Veep, season I thought, was, was really, really good. It, good it is not easy to just jump in someone else's shoes, take over a show like Veep and crush it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know how many, I don't like ruining things. So I want to okay. talk about specific things in the new season of Veep, but I also don't want to ruin it. But well, there's I mean, the season has come and gone. You're not really ruining it for everyone. So, what was your favorite part of this new season? How far how far in are you? I, I saw the whole thing. Okay, I saw well, the whole thing. What was your favorite part? Well,
1: I've my favorite part of the show in general is how much shit they give Jonah, uh, Jonah, like Jonad, all the names, like like right, like the peak of that. To me, was when they are all uh, there was the episode of them all uh, testifying on Capitol Hill, and they're just literally running down the names of Jonah, the the, the names they've given him, the like the shit talking names. Right. That didn't happen this season, but that was like peak Jonah for me. Um, I actually like that Doctor House was in the mix this year as the as the uh, as the potential uh, president. VP, I don't know, I can't really explain without ruining the plot, but, right. but uh, yeah, because like uh, I don't even know, it was Hugh Laurie, I was going to say Dr. Gregory House, but that's clearly not his name. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Laurie kind of came in at the end of last year, and he was in it this year, too, and he's uh, he's great, but I also, I, I like uh, I like that.
0: Yeah. I liked, uh, I, I guess I can say Cuntgate, like, can I just say yeah, that? Yeah, you could say that. I just did, <laughs> I guess. I was trying to not say that. Yeah. Uh, well, I did. I was trying to pick a more democratic answer. <laughs> well, why, why, why beat around the bush? Come go, on! You can go right at it. Come on! <laughs> Alright, so uh, there's so much... <laughs> Amazing stuff that happened in the new season That's of Veep. be applauding you. All right, all right, all right. I didn't even set that up. So, I just walked into that. I just walked right into it. All right. All right. So, um, anyway, Dave uh, David Mandel is joining us, and I couldn't be more psyched. He's yeah. one of the um, one of the heads of the. He's
1: beyond the, just. He's beyond just a showrunner for V.
0: Oh yeah, Saturday he's, Night Live, yeah. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, his, his history is deeply rooted in comedy. Yeah. Uh, went to Harvard, and that's where he met Alec Berg and uh, Jeff Schaefer. Who, of course, Alec Berg is doing Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Jeff Schaefer did The League forever, and he's doing a new Fox sitcom. But uh, we'll, we'll let David hey, tell that story. You, yeah. it's, it's really awesome. And he gives us some great, great anecdotes of specific moments when he realized he was working on those said shows, yeah, 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 and exactly. it's a the, very the cool where thing. He
1: realized it that he was doing something.
0: And and Maybe. just for the record, Matt, because uh, you weren't there for this one, which no. I, I was bummed that you weren't there. But but um, he brings up. Warren, Ohio, I don't. I was going to so. say,
1: does he bring up my lack of presence there? He's like, where the fuck is Matt? Matt no,
0: no, he didn't actually mention you at all. This was actually so. the
1: first interview we taped up with <laughs> Just for Laughs, too. We, that's uh, right, which we just got back from. Yeah, we ran for the border.
0: Yes, we and did. When we got there, uh, we,
1: we ran into David. And uh, that's, that's what happened. He yeah, was the just,
0: second we got into town. He was town. right on
1: the other side of customs and mm-hmm. said, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> and he took us the rest of the way, yeah, exactly. all the way to his hotel. He, sh-
0: he shepherded us. He said, "You, hotel. you, and you get the fuck out. You, you can follow stay. Me, yep. And,
1: uh, hit, hit record, and follow me. That's exactly <laughs> what happens.
0: Well, he's a great guy, and uh, it's always a pleasure to spend time with him. Uh, we also did a um, uh, a written interview with him uh, previous yeah, a on the was website back, a while back, uh, before the new season of Eep started. Yes, it was before. So it's cool to to hear and read the contrast of two interviews because mm-hmm. he's in the mindset of, oh my God, I'm taking over this thing, and yeah. now he's got it behind him, and uh, it's very cool." All right, so, uh, speaking of Just for Laughs, we just got back, um, since this, uh, episode aired, and it was a good trip up. Yeah. Huge shout out to Jack Vaughn, who had some fun with us. Yeah, yeah. Doing some Snapchat stories. We We
1: took over, uh, some Snapchats, and we did some stories with Jack Vaughn, the, uh, I guess he's the SVP of programming comedy. of comedy yeah. over at SiriusXM. I think is his official title, but uh, he's a longtime friend of ours. We've known that guy forever since back in the day of him running Comedy Central Records, and he took the road trip with us to Just for last, which he usually does every year, and we just kind of have a we have a we have a gay old time. Yeah, and we hit like some, some the Chinese
0: buffet, which I got to do with you guys for the first time. That was quite the experience. By the way, it yeah. was a
1: new place, which was fine. Yeah. but the floor. Yeah, what was up with the? I don't floor? know what, the, what was up with the floor. It was like, like a shuffleboard. It, is there a thing about waxed floors in Chinese buffets? Because this was
0: goddamn dangerous. I think it was just the essence of a Chinese buffet falling but, to the floor. But it
1: was everywhere. Yeah, it, it was. was like it was in where you sit. It was over by the buffet. It was the whole floor. Like someone deliberately went in there and just poured vegetable oil all over it and did like a really half-assed job of mopping it up.
0: Yeah, and and uh, and don't think it went unnoticed. We caught you reenacting the scene from it was a risk, risky, risky business. business. Uh, you sliding around back and forth, doing your best, Tom Cruise. I definitely didn't do that. I I got it on tape. I mean, do you want me to? I
1: I will. Do you I want will me to say, release the video. I will
0: give you thousand dollars if you produce it. It's going to be my new four hundred four on <laughs> MarksaysHi You are going to have to find it, but when you do, it's going to be well worth it. I uh,
1: sure. I'll, I'll give a thousand dollars to anyone who finds it because it doesn't exist. All right.
0: Well, let's go over our shows that we okay. did witness while we were at JFL. Um, they were great. Uh, well, I guess we'll just go back and forth. You can go first because we didn't go to all the same stuff no, together. No, no, no. So. I'm
1: thinking some of the highlights of JFL for me were Trump versus Bernie.
0: Yes. We both went, but we went on different times.
1: Separate nights. Separate yeah. nights. You went the first night. I went the second night, which I didn't realize at the time was the final Trump versus Bernie. You uh, went to the final. Final. Final one. Final one. Yes. Um, I think they said they did 42 performances o- along the tour. And for those who don't know, Trump vs. Bernie, uh, I'm assuming people that listen to this podcast know, but it's basically uh, James Adomian and Anthony, I always pronounce his last name wrong, Adam Manuick, Is that right? That's close Ma- enough. Yeah. Um, they basically do uh, Trump, Donald Trump, Anthony does Trump, and uh, James Adomian does Bernie and they do great. And... Um, they basically go on the road and they basically just be hyperactive, hyper... Actually, I don't even want to say Trump is a hyperactive version of himself. I actually think Trump, the real person, is so ridiculous that it's tough to parody someone who's that ridiculous. Right. Um, but they do a great job and they, they took it on the road for a bunch of dates. Fusion picked it up and they actually aired a live version of that. Yeah, they had two specials. They yeah. did a special on At Midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put out literally an album the day after I saw them, um, which was also the day after the DNC, when Bernie officially wasn't the presidential... Which,
0: which was the night I was at, right? So yeah, yeah. so they teased it as like, uh, alright, we... We're, still got a chance? Yeah, yeah, we still got a chance. We have but hours here <laughs> yeah. to... To keep it real, and uh, and I thought that was kind of an interesting aspect versus yours, which was just the final show. Final
1: one, and they had a moderator, which was... Well, they were still yeah, kind who of was playing, your moderator? Your they were moderator. still
0: playing up that shtick. You had Scott Thompson from the Hall. I did, and it was great.
1: I had uh, Andy Kindler, who nice. was great as well. But Andy Kindler was definitely, like, trying to make... Uh, there's parts where uh, James Adomian, as Bernie, does, like, this crazy pointing... Hands in the air type of scenario, right? Yeah, his hands like he always. He right He's right kind right. of always waved his hand, and the pointing. And Andy Kindler didn't. I don't know if Andy Kindler really kind of realized that was part of the shtick, right? So he would always comment on it, where it's like he kind of. He, not commenting on it makes it funnier. So uh,
0: Andy Kindler, you know, so we, he kind of pulled everyone away from it. Yeah, a yeah bit. For, Oh, for, weird. For,
1: it was it was kind of weird for a second, but then you're like, oh, wait, Andy Kindler. Like, you know, Andy Kindler clearly knows what the hell he's
0: doing. But yeah, he knows.
1: I he didn't realize it. it was the 42nd and final. It started at the Creek in the Cave, and it kind of went all the way up to JFL UCB from Montreal. For UCB. UCB. They did it for. They did it there. They did it at the Creek in the Cave. The tour. Um, I don't know how many dates the tour was, but the tour happened. I want to say the tour kicked off in the spring. I want to say when the tour happened, and then like you know fusion did a bunch of specials they also commented they were like fusions like you know man on the street uh political commenters for a while and then the album came out like, uh, this past friday so uh, cool live recording of, in brooklyn it's it's really cool and then also those two dudes were picked as uh by as a pair they're picked uh varieties comics to watch yeah of JFL, 10 comics too. to watch um which ten, i did not 10
0: and a half comics to watch yeah, i don't know it's how that technically
1: 11 i don't know but um they obviously get picked them because of Trump versus Bernie, but when they performed at the Variety Comics to Watch gala show, excuse me, um, it was after the final show. So actually, Anthony went out as Trump and Adomian went out as Chris Matthews and did uh, everything as that's Chris great. Matthews. That's right. that's right. Which is kind of nuts, but at the same time, I don't know if anyone's not familiar with James Adomian listening, but like, if you aren't, first of all, do some research on this dude. He's incredible. But he's also a fantastic impressionist. He has an outmount, Adomian. He does. Yep. He also was just on the, the the South by Southwest taping that aired on Showtime this yes. a couple weeks ago, where he did Alex Jones, really random impersonations. This guy does like very regional stuff because Alex Jones is very specifically a Texan thing, and Alex Jones is also the uh, the I guess he I guess, I guess he's right wing um, radio host that many people believe that is Bill Hicks. Right. There's a lot of like, oh my God, Bill conspiracy Hicks is Alex theories, Jones, conspiracy yeah. theorists and all that stuff. But he also does like, he also does a bunch of guys like I've watched him do an impersonation of uh, Louis C.K. tucking Mark Maron into bed. So good. And he jumps between Louis and Mar- and Mark Maron. It's nuts. I've seen him do uh, uh, Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura, because he did that for a while. Conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura. Little known fact: Harold and Kumar too escape from Guantanamo Bay. When when, then they crash into the uh, the building in in Texas and they end up smoking a joint with George W. Bush. That was James Adomian. Ah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. he also did Hue Hauser. Which is like a very regional LA kind of like public access type of character that he did. I'm like, oh my God, it's Hugh Houser. Uh, anyone that listens to Adam Crowley's podcast knows the Hugh Hauser lore, and Dana Gould is a diehard fan of Hugh Hauser. So, Adomian Anthony, they, they murdered it. They did it across the board at JFL. It's awesome. really cool to see. What about you? What'd you see? Uh, for me,
0: I think uh, t- two things jump out at me. One is I love going to these festivals to see people you don't normally get a chance yeah. to see. So, So, for me, that ends up being a lot of the British guys and and ladies who come over to perform because they either just don't tour the States because they don't have a following here, but they're appreciated at said festival just for laughs. So, um, I I went to anybody who was British. Okay. I went to their show, basically. Oh my God. Russell Howard? So, so uh, the first one I checked out was Russell Howard. It was really cool to see him. Uh, and it was in the the room at uh, Plaza de Arts that, that where the new faces uh, okay. usually takes place. So the crowd wasn't huge, but it was packed in there. I mean, that room still holds probably 400, sure. 500. And this guy's massive yeah, yeah, yeah. over in Much London. Much bigger like, overseas. Yeah. yeah, massive over in London. And uh, he just killed it. But uh, I was telling you, after the show experience, it was so unique the, the crowd became this extra element of the show where they weren't um they weren't like uh, heckling yeah it wasn't it wasn't like a heckle it was like a it was like this weird supportive energy okay. that when he would do certain movements or things the crowd would cheer and then that became a bit and then and then he knew it was going to happen and he'd prevent the bit, but then somebody else would get involved with some other thing that was happening and and just this weird interaction between the crowd and the show. And even at the end, he commented just saying, "This, thank you for the weirdest, most awesome gig I've ever done. Oh, wow. It was very strange. This is different for me. And and I think it was just a testament to what you get at JFL. You're yeah. you're guaranteed to get something different. And uh, so between that show and like Nick Thune and Maria Bamford seeing them perform, um, Nick didn't bring his guitar. It was just him telling three stories in an hour and a half. And just annihilated it yeah, How funny he was I don't know if
1: I've ever seen Nick Thune without a guitar It's the first stage.
0: time I ever saw Nick Thune without a guitar hmm, And it was fantastic It was like a storyteller yeah. almost. But he made, he just made it so funny And his sensibility And everything And then just Maria Bamford Is just one of my favorite people On yeah, earth she's like next level Yeah so inspiring And, and so those are like My main highlights I cool. really took away uh, from JFL this year,
1: I saw the goddamn comedy jam again with our buddy Josh Adam Myers. Absolutely, out to him. he. I mean, that's great. That's a great show. as always. It was in a church, the same place they had the Trump first party because yep. they had a new venue this year. Um, and it was weird because uh, like the last home? time we saw him, it was at the catacombs, mm-hmm. which is like. Montreal's version of like a rock club, like they literally have like skulls on the walls, right, right? And then you go see them in a church where it's like this big open ceiling and it's not dark and shady, and you don't think you're going to get knifed or something like that. It was very yeah. interesting contrast. You but,
0: also yeah, wonder if Satan yeah, was yeah. going to come up from underneath the <laughs> the venue and well, from, suck us all down. Well,
1: from what I understand, is they moved to they moved to this new place because they could go on later. Mm-hmm. So They wanted to do like a later at night show. They, they went on about. 10 10:30 as opposed to like 8:30 they mm-hmm. went over, over like the sun was still up i remember when we saw them at catacombs so right but uh i mean that was great that was fantastic I saw a lot of like, there's a lot of shows where I'm like, I got to make it to that, but I never actually made it to that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was like, like for example, like Kurt Metzger was running his hour while I was up there. Mm-hmm. Now, Kurt Kurt lives in New York and he's always talking about, it. but every time Kurt puts out a tweet or a social media, I'm like, hey, I'm running my new hour at so and so. It's always like the day of and I have plans. So I never actually got to see him run the hour. So I was excited to see him run that up in Montreal and I missed it again just because I was running around some other stuff. Jay Okerson doing What's Your Fucking Deal. That was sure. great. There's a lot of that stuff happening. Um, there was no keynote this year, which was very interesting. Usually, keynote something we're like really looking forward to because mm-hmm. last year's, the last year's keynote was Dana Car- uh, Dana Gould. It was great. The year before that was uh, who did it the year before that? I will say Jim Norton did it or Colin Quinn did it. Uh, Pat Noswell has done it. I want to say that uh, Mark Marin has done it. Yeah, it's just like, mi- it was missing. and, and uh, It was weird, but also at the same time, the same time they usually have the keynote, they had a conversation between like Lewis Black and I want to say it was Judd Apatow and Lewis Black they were talking together. So it was very interesting that maybe that will serve as the keynote this year and they just didn't really say that. But you also had the award summary yeah. as well, right? Yeah,
0: head over to the laughbutton.com. You can check out my review of the, uh, not review, but, but my recap of the award show it was really cool. Aziz Ansari, Judd Apatow, Sebastian Maniscalco, Maria Bamford, Uh, Alec Berg and Mike Judge, all honored uh, at this uh, award show. It was very cool. They showed clips of the careers of whoever won the award, and then whoever won the award had a a confidant or a friend present um, uh, them with the award. And It was really cool because they got to do some ball busting. It almost turned into like a mini roast. That's fun. And uh, there were some really, really great quotes, especially from Aziz. Aziz just came out. or Yeah, Nick Kroll came out on behalf of uh, Aziz and just said, Uh, I knew that when uh, Aziz's reps called my reps Mm -hmm. to ask if I would do this award, (laughs) that we were really great friends. And and it was just so funny. I mean, just just to... Really throw the business under the bus. I love
1: those. Uh, yeah. I love those events though, like when Andy Kindler gives the state of the industry mm-hmm. or there's a keynote or the or the award ceremony. Because like, ev- you look around the room, you're like, holy shit, everyone's here. Yeah. Like it's like it's one thing to like jump on the elevator, and you and I did it many times. So it's like, oh, there's Ralphie May, or yeah. there, oh, there's Nicholas there's, Kuhn, there's Kurt. or yeah. or I had a great interaction with Mark Norman where I jumped on it. I jumped on it at floor. I was going up to floor twelve. He jumped on it at floor eleven. I said, just so you know, I'm going up. He goes, oh shit, and his Mark Norman way yeah, he jumps yeah. off. Cla- Fantastic. jumps off the elevator and as he and as the doors are closed he's like good to see you yeah <laughs> so it's was great like, you know, it's just like things like that where the, literally comedians that you talk about all the time or see are riding the elevator up and down with you and you just kind of like see them in the elevator or you see them hanging out in the lobby mm-hmm. or they're at the, they're at the they're having drinks at the bar but um when you go to an award ceremony or a keynote or a state of the industry, everyone's there. Yeah, it was packed,
0: the awards show They're all
1: there, and they're all laughing at what Andy Kindler's ranting about or what the keynote's saying. So it's a really... I love those moments of JFL where things kind of come together. Uh, a particularly good time, I remember, from a couple of years ago, Bobby Kelly was taping his podcast up there. And like it was like Amy Schumer, uh, uh, David tell Jim Norton... Uh, Brian Post saying they're all like on this panel Colin Quinn it was the year Colin Quinn did the keynote Mm -hmm. um and then basically they started talking about... Uh, I'm sorry, Brian Posehn was in the audience. And they started talking to Brian Posehn and saying, hey, you know, Brian Posehn's here. And I think that guy is like the reason everyone hates Nickelback and kind of goes into a whole story about how Brian Posehn was the yeah. first comedian everyone remembers talking shit about how bad a band Nickelback was and just kind of permeated it, split out from there. So I think like moments like that are very fun where you kind of see these comedians interacting with each other. And festivals in general, comedians, as you hear them say a lot, they're touring, they're on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Festival is like... The family reunion where they all come. Big sleepover, man. Yeah.
0: Big sleepover. It's it's camp, and then of course roast battle, dude. Like yeah, uh, roast battle was epic this year. Yeah. They uh, they filmed all the nights and mm-hmm. then they aired the next night, except for the finale, which aired live on Comedy Central in the United States and on mm-hmm. the Comedy Network up in Canada. And uh, congratulations to Mike Lawrence for yeah. for being victorious. He he annihilated. He, he, he really did. He dude. went through everybody and. I mean it was a fierce competition. It got real dark at times it did get too. Dark. It with did. Sam Rill and Steve Ranazee well, got real intense. And- well
1: Ranazizi came out and totally flubbed his first joke. Yeah. And then he just got Rattled, and then Sam Morril, and Sam is a great joke writer, and I think could have gone a little further. Um, I think Jimmy Carr was robbed personally. Um, he lost to Earl Skakel, who's great, and Earl's one of the original haters on the Hater mm-hmm. Squad out, out in uh, the actual roast battle out in uh, L.A. But
0: yeah, they didn't want him to win twice, right? They didn't want to. They didn't want, they, back they didn't to, want back to win champion. twice,
1: but but you know Jimmy Carr won last year. But like I feel like once Mike Lawrence beat Ralphie May, and he soundly beat Ralphie May, yeah. like
0: it was one of the things. Where I'm not he, gonna lie, a little surprised because Ralphie is awesome Ralphie's and he's great, a veteran dude. and he's quick but but Ralphie's one of those guys where
1: you're like oh this is going to be good yeah. and then Ralphie got put on his like on his heels Mike, yeah. Mike tossed out a couple really good ones and then Ralphie was just kind of like he kind of—I I feel like Ralphie just kind of like he pulled up jokes that he could make about anyone, right. and then Mike's were very specific mm-hmm. to Ralphie, and I think that's why he won. And once Mike got past Ralphie, I feel like he kind of—it was a—it was a pretty good run to the end. I mean, K. Trevor Wilson, who we we do also do the podcast with,
0: yeah, he'll be coming up uh, very soon on the podcast. He yeah. went
1: head to head against Mike in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And they those guys were a little neck and neck, but then Mike rolled past him and Saratiana, who was great, and she was the other competitor that ran up through the top. um, You could watch Mike get her at the end, like Saratiana flubbed one joke, and then all of a sudden you're like, Lawrence has got him, and then he just kind of got it. So like, I feel like once Lawrence like. Really soundly, like I, can't, I can't, I love Ralphie May, but he was soundly beaten by Mike Lawrence. Like, like other people might be used to destroy, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, But Mike Lawrence soundly beat Ralphie on joke writing. And once he beat Ralphie, I feel like it was like
0: Mike's to lose. Yeah, his to lose. Yeah, well, he didn't lose and it. And he so. did not lose it. So. so congratulations to Mike Lawrence. And uh, you can head over to laughbutton.com to <sighs> check out all of our GFL coverage. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now we're going to get to Dave Mandel, the showrunner of Veep, and our interview with him right here on the Laugh Button Podcast.
2: This feels natural, if that means anything. Oh, good. That's <laughs> good.
0: My, uh, I can't say the same about my birth, or at least that's what my mom told me, right? There you go. She was like, "Wasn't so natural," but uh, uh, it's good to see you, dude. Hey, how are you? Good to finally meet you in person. Yes. And uh, we, we. Um,
2: it's really great to be able to tell my wife I had a strange man up to my hotel room. So <laughs> that I took care of that uh, much as the, I guess, a lot of Republicans apparently did in Cleveland. But y- yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Exactly. Ba-dump-bum. But um, yeah. pump. And, and that's, <laughs> uh, and we have uh, some mutual friends, are, your writing partners, Jeff and, and Schaefer of Warren, Ohio? He is. He, he, he <laughs> is more prideful than even I am, and, and, and people get on my case about how prideful I am about it. So, <laughs> Although, um,
2: that being said, he left, and his parents don't spend as much time there as they used to. But anyway. Right. And I'm also gone. <laughs> right. I'm also gone.
0: So it's a place you're born, and you quickly leave. Um, so, so real quick, some backstory about that. How did, how did you meet up with these guys, like the, the core three here, you and, and, um, and, and Alec Jeff, and Jeff?
2: Alec and I, uh, it's a story everyone loves because they can all relate to it. We met at Harvard University... <laughs> (laughs) Um, We were actually, um, we ultimately all ended up in the Lampoon together, but we actually all lived, uh, Harvard has sort of a system where freshman year, everybody lives in what they call the yard. Everybody just lives there, it's completely random. Then you were allowed to pick roommates, and back in my day you then, there was a big lottery and then you can sort of like rank where you want to live. Now I think it's all completely random other than the fact you can pick your roommates. Anyway, we then all lived together, not together, but we were all living in different rooms uh, in a, uh, a river house called Winthrop House at Harvard University. So I kind of knew Jeff and Alec and then, kind of got to know them ever so slightly better. But then, when we actually all ended up on the Lampoon, they're a year ahead of me. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, so they them first, then me. We really then got to know each other and started writing together. And uh, the summer of their senior year, which would have been my between my junior and senior year. We did a project for Comedy Central uh, which had been newly formed called MTV Give Me Back My Life, uh, a Harvard Lampoon parody, and it was a fake 10th anniversary documentary about the founding of mtv
0: i'm so Uh, in love with this yeah it's it's, perfection it has moments but it's
2: not great seek (laughs) it out it's not great um and it was right when comedy central was brand new so Mm -hmm. you had to like pay like two dollars to get it on your cable box it wasn't a regular channel it's a bonus So nobody had it Right, right i mean we actually to show it at school to like do a screening, we had to play a videotape because it was unavailable. I think in the greater Cambridge area. <laughs> well, well um, not to stop so, you, but
0: you can't do that anymore, right? No right, more I guess, VCRs. Yes, exactly. for, we couldn't do that either. Exactly. So those who yeah. were right. lucky
2: enough to be at one of those set <laughs> events. Um, so yeah, and it's pretty horrible, but it was one of those great things where number one, it was written by a whole bunch of us, not just the three of us. Mm-hmm. But the three of us went down to New York, and for a while, basically Jeff and I were like staying on my parents, you know, my old bedroom floor, basically, until they were able to get a place. Um, the three of went down there and kind of really babysat the production which was wonderful because while it wasn't a great production there were so many i guess mistakes in the production that we learned so many lessons from sort of making not a great show there's there's crazy stuff in that show crazy choices like mtv which is mostly all on videotape Mm -hmm um... the documentary sections instead of being on film are on videotape and look like crap so they built all these really nice sets and they look like crap on video with these sort of camera moves that nobody does in a documentary because it was very poorly directed instead of just like the you know yeah, two cameras, two yeah cam- exactly yeah, right sure um... and then things like the spring break section which should have been videotape were on film and have this like Crazy filmic quality that actually picked up every ounce of the fact that I can't remember where we shot it I didn't go on that part of the shoot. It was it was a location, but it was a like Cloudy foggy location of which the film only augmented how cl- it picked sure. up every ounce of the kindness So it's just one of these projects that was sort of ass backwards But we learned by just by doing by one doing, it right. was just we learned so much. It was incredible Plus for me, which is sort of a side part of this um Uh, I got to know Al Franken at the time was a uh, consultant to Comedy Central, and he and I sort of hit it off. And so the following summer, when I was then graduating, Jeff and Alec were already living in L.A., Al was hosting the Democratic and Republican conventions for Comedy Central, which was Indecision '92, and at that point, Comedy Central was a little bit more, I think, on the cable right, dial. Right, people were aware at that point. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and um, and they hired me back to write with Al. I was hired by a guy named Billy Kimball, who's now one of my Veep writers. I was going to say, he's um, with yeah, you on and, uh, Veep, yeah. So v- uh, Billy and Al kind of gave me my first job on Indecision '92, and then working with Al that whole summer on Indecision '92 led to him recommending me to SNL. So it's all sort of interconnected.
0: That's unbelievable, man. I mean, yeah, it's just interwoven like a nice Pier 1 basket. Yes. You know, all but, you guys. But uh, it
2: was therefore very nice to be able to sort of, in, you know, when I they kind of came at me for Veep honestly one of the truly first thoughts i had honestly probably before i figured out that i was going to take the job was sort of this weird like well, if i take the job i can hire billy like right. i know he'll be great for this it was and one then of these he can funny get things. off my back about yeah exactly he stopped <laughs> telling payback. me how he no
0: but hey, remember uh, that time i paid it forward <laughs> yeah remember that <laughs> <laughs> well well here you are uh now uh, with your first season of Veep in the books. Oh, we're sitting on the top of the world here at the W Hotel. <laughs> we, we literally are. We're at a pretty decent floor. Let's say that. And uh, congratulations on the Thank success of the much. season. Thank you it. And uh, it must be a relief to kind of get that. We talked at the beginning, right? Yeah, right at had, the beginning. Have you seen anything? Now? I had seen the first the three first episodes. Okay, I think. I was yeah. trying to remember. And and now I that everything's near the beginning, yeah. right? So so when when a show like this goes into the off season, we'll call it. Yep. Uh, do you look to make trades? Do you do you look for some free agents? Well, there wasn't uh, what's, much
2: of an offseason for me. Mm-hmm. I will simply say, and I'm not trying to be a martyr. It just. Uh you know, Veep was really very much a seven day a week job. It just we it just especially, you know, first year and the show. Sure, you want to be totally engaged. Yeah. yeah. And it just was. So I really didn't get a lot of editing done before the season ended. So then I was kind of perpetually behind on the editing. And as the season sort of when the season did end, you know, I could kind of edit a show in about four, maybe five days. And by the end of the season, you know, both because I just was bleary eyed, but also the shows had gotten that much more complicated, they were seven and eight days. And so by the time we were finished with the last two, and especially um, 10, the inauguration, which had sp- some special effects in it, right. and nine, the documentary, which I was also the director of, which also had which was just so different for us because it was kind of a different way of thinking about the sound. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, it was shot differently. It had different graphics. It had different music. And you knew so, what, moves not, what camera moves not to do. Well, that right. had already at least yeah. been done <laughs> at that right, point. Right. Yes, no, exactly. <laughs> I knew how to actually shoot a documentary <laughs> Correct. because of how bad MTV was. But, uh, you know, it was like every little thing, like things we take for granted, which is like play me some VQs, qs mm-hmm. and we'll pick one. This was like all new music for the documentary. So there was all of that too. Too, that I mean, I, I, again, not trying to be a martyr, but yeah, by the time we ended, time. Sure. I took a, we took I took like a little four or five day trip with my family to Arizona. And then we started I started up the writers oh, again. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, right yeah, there wasn't it, much of an off season. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So no moves, no big moves. no big. You moves. know, a
2: couple of writers left, a couple of writers joined us. But yeah, uh, yeah. But gotcha. you know, nothing radical cast or writing wise. Yeah. now
0: being in the position you are with. And we talked about the term showrunner last sure. time and, and, and what this means and producers yes. and there's a million of them. But now that you are in this position that you are now, and you came from what seems like almost every other position that's available to work on a show—that's that's maybe not in front of the camera, like being a writer and being sure. you know behind the camera—and do, does it make it that much easier to, to communicate on a day-to-day basis of working with people and being able to relate to them and their situation and knowing what you what is possible and what you can? And can't get out of them, and the demands, and and you know those type um, of things, or you know, it's always a balance in your own head. You know, it's like I'm not going to lie, I get angry.
2: I try and be respectfully angry, but I, you know, I, I do. Ex- I, I expect people to work as hard as I do, and I expect them to want the you know the quality. And it's rarely a question of that. I don't ever really think anybody's sitting there going, "Who cares?" Right. But. You know, you know, things do get screwed up and it's like mm, kind of a thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, definitely feeling like I have a year under my belt with these people. And, you know, whether it's cast, crew or the writers, you know, you kind of, you know, we we have become friends and it makes it in some ways easier and in some ways harder. Um, it, it is tough, but uh, I've seen it done. I've been mean, lucky enough that on the shows that I've worked on, I've I've had very wonderful sort of role models. When the way Larry and Jerry ran Seinfeld was a very peaceful existence, a very very nice existence. It was a very much like a show where no one was going to put up with you know sort of assholes in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, it was just, it was, you know, it was really just Larry, Larry me, yes. Alec, and Jeff, so I don't know, there wasn't really room for anyone to be an asshole, it was just the four of us. But, again, a wonderful set, you know, a very close-knit crew, who, if you think about it, you know, would come back, even on that weird schedule, would find ways to kind of come back to the show. Um, and, you know, just wonderful working with Larry and Jeff and Susie and Cheryl, you know, it was just a, it was a great cast, and the Richard Lewis and all those guys. So I've been very lucky on sort of the shows I've worked on where I've had really good role models. Um, But I've been around or near other shows where I've seen sort of the bad showrunner and I've heard stories, you know. And so I guess I'm always conscious of that where I will try and express my opinion, but, you know, try and be respectful. Uh, You know, you just... uh, People screw up, but that's
0: obviously no excuse to be inhuman, you know sure yeah sure. Well, if I could ask you a real technical yeah, question sure. about comedy specifically Please. And, and it and you know answer answer this as personally as you can because you know the the magic of, of comedy is is how relatable it is to one person and how they can absorb it and translate it and do whatever they, it's art you know right. it's art. what t- for you personally, what's at the core of funny? What's the one element that has to that all funny is rooted in for you? That that uh, supersedes anything. Like if you're building off this building block, you will always be successful. Wow,
2: um, I'm not sure there is one uh, okay. because I'm not sure I can reduce it to one. Perhaps if I had that secret, uh, you know, we really have, we'd really be, we'd be on an even higher floor here, right. at the, here at right. the W. But for me, I guess I'm more sort of aware of, I guess, what I don't like and what okay. I, what I'm striving for. You know, I, I just would never want to. Uh, Let me put it this way. First and foremost, I'm looking, in terms of comedy, I'm looking for the different. Okay. I'm looking to sort of do the joke you haven't seen, to do the joke that part of when I laugh will often be when I'm surprised. Um, by, by where something goes. So I'm looking for the joke I don't see coming. I'm looking for the joke that not everyone sitting at home goes, oh, that's what's about to happen. Those can be comforting, and there's places for them, but I am looking personally for sort of the thing I don't see coming. Now, once it comes, that doesn't mean it doesn't sort of keep hitting you for a while. It doesn't mean it has to go and run away. You know, I love a joke that sort of can kind of like keep reverberating. But when you can get into a run where joke tops upon joke tops upon joke. Those are those beautiful scenes and those beautiful moments. But I, I guess for me, I, I am truly bothered by. I, I guess I'll simply say the, the, what I would guys call the, the the lazy or the hacky. The the mm-hmm. joke I've seen a thousand times. You know, back in the Seinfeld days, and I, I may I may have told this story elsewhere. You know, we. Uh, <clears throat> the idea that I cannot explain we were sort of given in sort of spec scripts or bad idea lists over and over and over and over again was basically an idea of George dates a transvestite. Not from a any kind of like exciting sort of sexual revolution or sexual identity kind of idea. Just purely Just. George is dating a man in drag and doesn't realize it's a man and Jerry and Kramer or whatever have to tell him. And I I, I don't know. I mean, it's like I I, you know, sometimes it's almost like hard to explain why we just wouldn't do that Right, right, and it just was sort of like it's dumb. I've seen it. It's obvious. It's very first instinct It doesn't seem smart. I I don't know. I'm sorry pick your criticism of it pick whatever one you like and yet it was a thousand times submitted over and over and over again and it is that sort of like that laziness of story that drives me crazy. The other thing, speaking of story, is I I do believe that, you know, great jokes, the ones that really, really can land, are the ones that are connected to story and character. Um, you know, when we used to edit Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, when I edit Veep, there are times where I will cut a very funny sort of standalone joke because... A, I need the time, but it's ultimately not connected to something. And if I can't do the stuff I need to do with the story, Mm -hmm. then a whole bunch of other jokes aren't going to work that are a lot better because they are connected to it. So again, I'm not sure I'm reducing this to one simple thing, but those are things I'm
0: looking for when I'm writing, I guess. Sure, absolutely, and and you don't want maybe an episode to be remembered for that one throwaway no, joke. No, if you think about, like, no, the, so si- if you
2: think about the Seinfeld episodes, and again, I don't mean to make this about Seinfeld, you you know, the episodes were always, you know, whatever, the blank or, <laughs> you know, and it really, the the, the the was really about the story. And I think with Veep, it's really true also, um, with our, you know, not necessarily about our our titles, but I don't think I, there are obviously lines people quote and people love individual insults. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people, when people talk about episodes they love, you know, they talk about, you know, this year, I, you know, I get a lot of like the one where the mom died and I get a lot of Cunt Gate and I get a lot of, uh, you know, the documentary and the finale. Sure. You know, so you're getting these things where people are talking about the episode or the story or those or scenes or moments. And yeah, occasionally, boy, it was funny when they said jizz or whatever, but, you know, but, Lot, it's always funny yeah. when they say "just David. Of course, of
0: course, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, that's great to know, and thank you for answering sure, that, because I, I, I know think. it's different for everyone, and, and I just wanted to see what makes your brain tick, you know? Um, so so uh, you're... you're History and your credits are like a comedy jukebox. It's it's awesome. I like to say great TV movies. <laughs> hey, <Yeah. laughs> I'm going to back those movies. And, and and we mentioned this too about uh, Eurotrip. Eurotrip, I'll take. Although yeah. uh, well, we'll defend. Yeah, it. We'll I'll defend, defend Eurotrip. Uh, well, l- when let's let's talk about TV specifically sure. then, because you have been a part of you know Curb and SNL and now Veep and th- these one wonder- and Seinfeld. Can you give me real quick one moment maybe from from Let's say each of those four. Sure. That. You took a step back and you're like, ah, "I'm writing on Seinfeld," you know. Right. Wow, I'm writing on Curve Your Enthusiasm right now. Uh, wow, this is happening and this is you know Veep. Like, do, um, do you have those moments? Yeah, where you I do definitely get do. To
2: embrace it. I mean, with uh, with Seinfeld. I'm sorry. I'll start. With the, I guess I will go in order. I guess yeah. with uh, with 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 SNL because it was really yes. I had done the Comedy Central thing, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it was actually sort of a very funny moment, which was I had met with Jim Downey, who was the producer and sort of de facto head writer mm-hmm. um, and had had sort of like a drink with him. Um, and I wasn't quite clear on whether I was meeting him or, you know, it was an interview or exactly what was going on. Sure. And, and Jim is a character, but I will also say uh, for anyone listening and with, you know, apologies to anybody else, he may, I in my mind, he is the funniest human being on the face of the earth. Um, and probably even though in recent years I think people talk about him a little bit more Probably doesn't really get the credit he get what he, yeah, he for everything he did, both at Saturday Night Live and early Letterman, and really the sort of, if you will, the Jim Downey coaching tree of people that kind of went through his the Bill Parcells. Yeah, so they, can yeah, get yeah the... exactly, exactly. Can we get everybody else. Down um, the tree? And you know, Lord knows Larry is in a way, you know, has that same sort of uh, Parcells coaching tree as well. <laughs> sure. We'll um, call him Bill Walsh. Yeah, yeah. But, Bill yeah Walsh. exactly. Um, but uh, anyway, Jim is wonderful. But uh, I had a meeting with him. Uh, like a drink kind of a thing and at the end it was this very sort of weird sort of like do i have the job i'm not sure and so i got home and i called al franken up and i was like so i met with jim i think i got hired i'm not sure and it was sort of like hold on or like, maybe i'll call you right back and he called me back and Goes, you got the job oh, and strange. that was the moment where i went oh my gosh i'm working at snl um and, uh, and I will also say there was a moment, um, you know, your initial contract, it's like 13 weeks at mm-hmm. SNL, and I knew I'd gotten picked up, but I was still very on, sort of, you know, on edge, on as edge they say, you know, and uh, the season went by, and in the back end of the season, I got a couple more things on, I did a whole bunch of commercial parodies in the back end of my first season where I had done... Uh, I'm trying to remember what I did in the first season. I think I did Nerf Crotch Bat. Oh, yes. And uh, I didn't realize oh, that was yep. you. Wow, and, that's great. Uh and I known that. the board game. I Should. don't know if you remember Okay, Omph. I remember yeah. it. Yep. And so I'd had like a very that's nice fantastic. end of the season. And I can remember being at the final SNL party of the year, and Lauren sort of passed by me and said something along the lines of, see you next fall. And that's when I truly, like, as much as the owl moment, that's when I truly Felt like I I'm at SNL, you like sleep yeah, soundly, yeah, uh, yeah, like all summer, yeah. and that they were next year would be a year. So that was sort of that moment. Um, That's great. The Seinfeld thing was sort of funny, which was Jeff and Alec were working at Seinfeld sort of a year before me, and I used to come out and visit them and hang out at the Seinfeld offices which was great so I was just kind of around kind of you know a lot of people at these Seinfeld offices had it was was sort of an interesting thing a lot of Yankee fans which I was a lot of ex-SNLers which I was a lot of ex-New you know, Yorkers and Jews which I was Um, and you know there was a lot of small world stuff uh, like Peter Melman who I became great friends with turned out I knew his brother from New York that he was a guy that I used to buy screenplays from Mm -hmm. like copies of like really great screenplays and stuff so funny little things like that so i was getting to know these guys you know and that was really nice and uh and i remember at the final snl of what would have been my third year of snl larry came through new york and came to the show and he had renegotiated his deal. He, had, at one point, wasn't even going back, but he was back. And he sort of said, why don't you submit some ideas? And I was like, oh, my God, okay. <laughs> and then one day my phone rings. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. And it was Larry. And I was working on the ideas. And basically it was like, it's Larry Davis. I was like, oh, I'm working on these ideas. I'll have them for you soon. And, you know, I'd gotten to know him. And I know he had spoken with Downey and whatever. And obviously Jeff and Alec, whatever. And he just kind of said uh... I think I'm going to hire you. Why don't you come out? Uh, but let me jump ahead now. Yeah. So then I'm working on my first episode. I now moved to LA and I do the whole thing. And I'm working on my first episode, um, which was uh, the pool became the pool guy. Okay. And in the pool guy is Kramer as the movie phone guy. If you remember that I story, do, absolutely, which is based on something that happened to some friends of mine at college. Very hard to explain, mm-hmm. but in Boston. Instead of 777 film, which is what it was in New York, no one, anyone who's young isn't going to know what we're talking yeah, they're, about. They're, you, used to, right, you used to right? You used to call a phone number to, to find out what time yeah. movies started. <laughs> exactly. I, I realize we sound like 400-year-old men, yeah. but you did. Yeah. So in Boston, it was 333 film, okay. but on the Harvard phone system, every phone number was 493. So if you were dialing within the system, you didn't dial the 4 and the 9. You dialed 3. That's it. That's it. So their phone number was 493-33-FI. So if somebody was screwed up and, like, didn't hit 9, and instead of hitting 9493 and just did 493, whatever, they'd get their number. So they were getting (laughs) – anyway, this is a very long story. I love it, though. Anyway, long story short (laughs) – Long story short, um, they uh, basically I was pitching that as the Kramer story, and Larry sort of turned to me at that moment and said something along the lines of, "Was this on your list?" Because you know basically the way you would get a job at Timeville was a list of right, ideas, right. and I said, "Yeah, this was on my this was on my list." And he goes, "Oh, I would have hired you," and right. I, so that's when I felt very good there, that's and I felt great. pretty darn good when I think my script actually ended up going. To a table, which was a big deal That's too. A huge. Deal, yeah, but, sure. but honestly, that moment where he kind of said, I'd have hired you anyway, I, I That's felt the very good. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, David, I want to stop you because I, I know oh, you got to get out of here. Okay. So, what so, do we get? One more,
2: I'll, well, let yes, me, I'll yes, get yes, you soon. through. Curb, really quick. I don't know if there was ever a moment. I will say mm-hmm. this there was a moment, like many seasons in, when uh, we went to New York to do those New York shows. And uh, there's a moment where basically I was directing down on Fifth Avenue by NYU. And it was like, cue the traffic action for it was like Larry hailing the cab and then fighting with the woman for the cab. And there is just a moment of like, I'm directing Larry David on like fifth, fifth avenue, avenue cue the traffic <laughs> i mean that i don't know if i necessarily was a moment of curb but that was sort of a moment of like oh i think i might actually know how to direct yeah and veep jam. i'll let you know when it happens but uh yeah <laughs> i think it already did i think it already did david congratulations thank you so much this was great really fun and uh, let's talk again yeah in a couple i, I want to
0: yeah. we'll find a pocket of time where we can go like a good hard two hours or oh, something, Lord. and uh yeah we'll, yeah. we'll get
2: we'll, <laughs> really lose some viewers
0: yeah it'll no we're not gonna lose any we're gaining we're gaining (laughs) All right, David, cheers Thank 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 you so much much.
2: Absolutely
0: All right, I want to thank uh, Dave for his time again Uh, Thanks, David, we appreciate it, man Uh, And I just got to get a good two to three hours with that guy (laughs) We could go on forever So many stories to tell Uh, I mean, his history and comedy is so rich From his days back at Harvard and the Lampoon All the way up through show running Veep Which he's still doing now uh, the guys run the gamut. He's done it all, and to be able to work with the same people and, and do big shows like Seinfeld and Curb and and of course Veep, it's just very few people can pull that off, and he's one of those guys. So congratulations to him and all the success, and we can't wait for the new season of Veep. All right, the LaughButton.com. Go to that website, check out all the latest in interviews, reviews, and uh, everything else that we have up there. Videos. We're humming, dude. Yeah, we are. We're humming along and uh, we have too much coming your way. There's are, there are
1: so many things I can't wait to tell I know. people about what we have going it's on. It's gonna for the sound fall. braggy.
0: It is gonna sound braggy, but it's awesome. But it's all awesome. We want you to be a part of it and so much uh, going on. And be an old schooler, man. Go to our merch store, grab some teas. Because we're gonna be switching out some designs soon, and if you mm-hmm. uh, like one that's up there, get it now. Because once we start putting up new ones, the old ones are gonna go away. Make so, them uh, limited edition. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be cocky or braggy. It's exclusive. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be limited edition very, very soon. So make sure you grab those. Follow us on all the socials at the Laugh Button, and uh, of course on our personals at I am Klein Schmidt. I'm at Mark says hi. And uh, we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. We want to thank you for all the feedback and keep it coming. Uh, You can email us podcast at the laugh If you want to, if there's something you want to know about, just some maybe you have a question about comedy or hey, where's where's this guy or we had, we had what's the even, latest album? Where can I
1: get something? We we'll, had someone email us just a couple a couple days ago. I was like, hey, you know, you promised you were going to put up this audio and you never did. And we we're like, oh shit, oh, sorry shit. about that. Totally did. Yep. So and like, now yeah, it's yeah,
0: up there and running. So we, yeah, I think yeah, that was yeah. the press conference of Whiskey Tango it was Foxtrot, the Foxtrot. So Foxtrot press conference. Yeah, yeah, that's all up there now. So you can check out Tina Fey and everything she had to say. And, uh, all right, we're going to do go. this again next week. It's going to be great. Our, our lineup of uh, guests that are coming up are huge. They're massive. We, we banked a whole bunch uh, while we were up at JFL, and we still have some others in the can, and we have more coming that haven't even been recorded yet but are on the books. Uh, it's only going to get bigger, better, and brighter. Uh, so uh, check us out. Tell your friends about it so you can subscribe, download, rate, review, and uh, share love and support those who support comedy. TheLaughButton.com. Till next time.